here. All right. All right. So our information that we are sharing today, just give me a second here. The information we're sharing today is on stewardship. Information we're sharing today is on stewardship. All right. Um, this is, uh, you could show our, our, our cover page, our title. Um, we're, we're teaching on stewardship. Um, this was something, I'll go back a few slides, hopefully there's a slide there with a, a title page, okay? Um, if he doesn't, that's fine. Um, we are talking today about the issue of stewardship. Stewardship is a big deal. Of course, Bishop um, C. Milton Granham, uh, when he was here, uh, ministered, and one of his key topics was helping people understand their lives as, as stewards of God. All right. And so that's the key thing that I really want. I really want to get to um, today in the name of Jesus. All right. Um, all right. So uh, Men of Destiny Foundational Teachings. Of course, we've been going through this list and you can show that list again. Um, uh, media team um, about it says faithfulness. Um, faithfulness. Men, men of destiny are people that have a sense of, of, of these things. Their fists are up, right? <laughs> so they walk in faithfulness, integrity, stewardship, trust. That means trust to God. Um, and then sexual integrity. And if you want to understand sexual integrity as a man, you must deal with this principle called the strange woman and how scriptures tell you how to stay out of traps that will keep you. Uh, from walking in the destiny. Of course, we spend a lot of, we spend a significant time dealing with faithfulness. And um, uh, in my absence, uh, Brother Jonathan had taught some on integrity. Um, and I was, I initially was planning on going there, but uh, I felt like Bishop, Bishop Granham, when he was here last weekend, dealt with stewardship in a way that the Lord wants me to deal with. And, oh, by the way, brothers, you're getting kind of the the pre-class, because in 2019, there will be some significant Sunday teachings on stewardship. So you're kind of getting the advanced notes, right? That's the benefit that you have of being here uh, as a part of Men of Destiny. So uh, when I, now, when I talk about this on Sunday next year, I want y'all still to be excited, okay? Um, or just be excited. Um, it's still going to be good, um, but I really want you to do that. But the Lord is really challenging me to talk about stewardship. Okay, so lesson objectives, three lesson objectives. The first is to understand the importance of practicing good stewardship and fulfilling kingdom purposes. Two, to identify the areas of our lives uh, we are to steward over and the guidelines to be followed to operate in stewardship. And three, to establish a stewardship mentality toward kingdom resources. So let's just leave this slide here for a minute. We must understand that stewardship um, is practicing good stewardship is a key to fulfilling God's kingdom assignment for your life. All right. And so we're going to help you understand that. And you must have a sense of the resources that are under your care. A steward, a person who really is a good steward, understands that there is an assigner 
and then an assignment that somebody assigned you to do something. And then that area you've been assigned, there's stuff that you are assigned to, to, to oversee and to manage on behalf of the person who assigned you. So for me, as a pastor, it's very important to me um, to recognize and to acknowledge that um, on December 13th, 2013, I stood at this altar and committed to um, my overseers that I was going to be faithful in the assignment to pastor this church, right? An assigner and an assignment. So I look at the resources and I'm always having a mindset. I'm, you know, God's giving me stuff and there's good stuff here and I got some privileges, but I can't get out of line because if I get out of line with the person that assigns me, I lose the assignment. Principles of good stewardship. And then finally, to establish a stewardship mentality towards kingdom resources, right? Stewardship mentality just says, they, um, I care for these things, but I have certain boundaries that I have to live within. As long as I live within those boundaries, everything's good. When I get outside of those boundaries, bad things happen. All right. All right. So let's go on. Um, you see there on um, my right and to your left, uh, uh, a list of what we call our seven pillars, um, uh, distinctives there that's on, on the side there. And one of the vision pillars we have is stewardship. And so on the screen there, I've given you a definition of, you know, my, my pillar definition of what stewardship is. All right. So when I, I want our church, there's certain things I want destiny generation to be known for. All right. And there's, there's things that I want every person in destiny generation, whether they use the exact same words that the pastor used. It's not that you use these words, but that you understand the spirit and intent of what that means. Now, you may have you, you got your own language. You may not say it the way pastor says it. But if you but if you got to understand stewardship, if we're going to be successful. And that's one of the things that I want our church I want Destiny Generation Church to be known for. I want us to be known as a place where people understand what stewardship is. So let's look at this definition. Stewardship is acknowledgement that the spiritual, physical, financial, and relational resources entrusted to us belong to God and must be faithfully accounted for. All right. So stewardship first begins with an acknowledgement. There's something that I understand. I'm acknowledging that somebody gave me something. And the somebody who gave me something is going to ask me what I did with what he gave me. Right? I acknowledge that somebody gave me something, that the things that that somebody gave me are of value. What God gives me is things that are valuable, all right? And so I acknowledge that they have value and that the value that they have can be increased or decreased based on how I treat what he gave me. 
the things that God gave me can either increase under my care or decrease under my care. A person who is a bad steward can take value and destroy it. Some people um, in ministry, everybody wants to inherit a big church. Listen, if you don't know what you're doing, you can destroy a big church. I, I, I wish I had, man, I wish I had as much money as you got. Listen, if you don't know what you're doing, money can hurt you. The scripture says it this way, the prosperity of a fool will destroy him. In other words, what it's saying is, is that there are people who are given resources, and even though those resources should help them, they actually ultimately hurt them. You give a, you give a person who, with bad stewardship resources, they, they become a destroyer of wealth, not an enhancer of it. Some people's wealth accelerate their destruction. And so I acknowledge, first of all, that somebody with more power than me gave me some resources. Those resources have to be managed. They can be, they, they should be, I got some M's. I'm, I'm doing this kind of free will in a little bit. They must be, um, they must be managed. They must be monitored. They, they can be multiplied. They must be meted out to others. All right. And at some point in the future, the person who gave me the resources is going to come back and ask me how I did with what he gave me. Jesus talked about in a ministry context, he was talking about the person who functions in my position as a steward who gives out, he called him a servant, who gives out meat to his house in due season. That meat is revelation. And he says, sometimes there are stewards who don't believe that the person who gave you the assignment is going to come back and ask about it. And while the, while the person, the owner is away, that person begins to eat and drink and be drunken. He starts to consume resources on himself that was meant for the people. And then he takes the, the, the assignment of service and begins to lord it over the people. And it says he begins to beat them and do things to them that the householder, the owner, wouldn't do. When that person does those things to those to his people, it says that the owner of that house is going to come back when the servant is not expecting him. And the scripture says that he's going to cut that person in half. Now, listen, I don't have the Hebrew and the Greek on what it means when Jesus going to cut you in half. But I don't I know one thing. I don't want to be cut. Listen, the scripture says out of Jesus mouth comes a sharp two edged sword. If he intends for you to be cut, I believe he can cut you. 
And then he said that person would have the portion of the hypocrites and be cast into outer darkness. And then he makes this statement, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I have to have an understanding that God, I have to acknowledge that what I have is just, it's not just for me to be cool or think I'm better than somebody else. God gave me some stuff, their resources, how I handle them matters. And one day I'm going to answer to him for them. Now, I noted there in our definition, different category of resources. Resources. Pastor David, why are you acknowledging different categories? Because different types of resources have to be handled in different types of ways. Right? Um, you know, I, I could use the resource of sugar and consume it in my body. As long as I don't put too much of it, I can be okay. But if I put it in the gas tank of that Chevy Blazer that General Motors gave me, that won't be a good use of that resource. Okay, so if God has given you spiritual resources, what are the principles by which spiritual resources are maintained, enhanced and increased? Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, assembling yourselves together, spending time in prayer, spending time in fasting, spending time reading the word of God, spending time in fellowship with other believers are ways to enhance spiritual resources. Right. I got to. That's why I don't, you know, I don't take breaks. You know, I don't let my hair down. You understand that term? I mean, my hair isn't long enough for me to let it down. Some of y'all don't even have none. All right? But you understand the term, let your hair down. You know what I mean when I say that? Um, my spiritual resources is something I have to work on my entire life. All right? They're physical resources. Um, I have to be careful that uh, my physical resource of my physical body, that I don't misuse it. I mean, you know, I enjoy I enjoy a good meal like the rest of us. I enjoy when my the, the high that my body gets from certain things. But if I get too much of it, it can kill me. Some people um, destroy their own health and then ask God to give them a miracle. Like that's just like asking God to put scrambled eggs back in the shell. They destroy the physical resources of their body. Okay, well, that's not the only set of physical resources. Your house is a physical resource. Your car is a physical resource. Don't, don't just ride it and don't know how to maintain it. Read the owner's manual. That's a thought. Don't just guess. Understand how not to void the warranty. Physical resources. How do you, how, listen, listen, listen. You believe your house shouldn't be the worst kept house on the, on the block. You shouldn't be breaking. You shouldn't be bringing down the value of your neighborhood. That's physical resource. You reflecting Jesus. Some people, I don't even want them to know that they're Christians. 
They give us a bad name. How we handle resources. Listen, all right, husbands, if you are a repairman for your business and then your house in disrepair, your wife ain't happy with you. Whew, that's some good preaching, Pastor David. Yes, it is. Because you're not handling your own physical resources while you're helping other people get their stuff together. Don't jack it up. That's a stewardship issue. It's often said that if you take a person out of the ghetto and put it, put them in a upscale neighborhood, they'll turn the upscale neighborhood into a ghetto because the ghetto is in their mind. It's not in the, it's not in the physical surroundings. It's in their mentality. So I have to make sure, listen, I'm always looking at our stuff and it's not everything I want it to be, but I got, I work hard to, to over time improve what we have because it matters. I believe that the church should be a step above everything around us. Like, eventually, if we stay here long enough now, I believe God wants us to move and do some other things. But listen, I got sprinklers at my house. I want sprinklers at God's house. I'm just saying. My house is, my, my yard is manicured. I want God's yard manicured. I can't afford to do it all right now, so I ain't stepping out doing something I can't afford. I'm just telling you, that's where I want to go. All right? Physical, spiritual resources, physical resources, financial resources. Now, most of the time, and this is what Bishop Granham was trying to get us to get to. Listen, I got way more than I'm going to get to. I might not even get to one or two more slides before we've done today. I got a whole lot on this one because this is a big deal. All right. Um, but Bishop Granham wanted us to deal with the fact that most time when church people talk to you about stewardship, it's a lead up to an offering. Like if they want people to know about building funds, they say, we're going to start a we're going to teach on stewardship. And I'm just telling you, stewardship includes money. But it's bigger than money. All right. Stewardship does include money. But it's bigger than money. OK, stewardship includes money given to to the work of God and the worker of God, but stewardship is more than the, in the financial area, is more than the money you give to the church. Let me say it, let me, let me put a, a little finer point on this. I was tithing and giving offerings, but was a bad steward over the money I had left Believing that what I did with my tithe was going to overwhelm what I, the bad stuff I did with the rest of my money. And God told me just like that, that commercial where the woman was putting pictures on her wall and she was putting likes and posts. And, and then the lady said, that's not how it works. That's not how any of it works. Sometimes. The only thing we do good stewardship financially is our tithe. And then we mess up our credit, which makes us pay more for insurance, which makes our mortgage higher. So we have to spend more for everything else. And then we're asking God to get us out 
because we've mismanaged the rest of my money, even though we gave God his 10 percent. That there is some good preaching. Listen, just because you can make a payment doesn't mean you can afford it. Just because you can pay, just because you can make a payment on something doesn't mean you can afford it. If you can't afford to maintain it, you can't afford it. You can't afford to insure it. You can't afford it. Just because you can make the payment don't mean you can afford. See, I'm trying to teach you about financial stewardship. Financial stewardship isn't just giving God his 10% plus an offering. Financial stewardship says that 100% belongs to God, and I'm going to do things with the 100% that makes that increase and, and gives God glory. Now, if I'm, if I'm a good steward over 100%, I'm going to give God his 10%. That won't even be an issue. Okay, but, but you, you, you might... You might need to buy the cruise, not the Corvette. I'm just saying. With your midlife crisis self. You might need a minivan. Instead of that sports car. You know, that, that might be the best stewardship for you. Okay, right? You, you might need... <laughs> I'm just saying, you, you, you might need to go to Frankenmuth and not try to go to France. You, you might need to go to the Chinese restaurant instead of trying to fly out to Chinatown in San Francisco. I'm just saying, you got to live right at, at your own station. But if you're faithful here, God will promote you and you'll be able to go everywhere he intends for you to go in your lifetime. I'm just saying. You, you, if to be a financial steward, you have to determine, is that a good use of your money? It's my money. I earned it. That don't mean it's a good use because you earned it. See, see now that kind of mentality means you don't have stewardship down yet. Ever seen husbands argue? See, none of y'all do this. None of y'all do this. I earned this money, woman. I can spend it on what I want. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Pump the brakes, bruh. Pump the brakes. You understand the term pump the brakes? What I mean when I say that? Pump the brakes. Okay? You don't have a stewardship. Some things aren't just, they're, even though you can make the payment, they're just not a good spin for you. Anybody know me know I like nice pins. Now, at my station, I can spend $100 on a pen. I don't spend $1,000. There are $1,000 pens out there. I don't buy them. But I can buy a $100 pen. At my level, that's cool. Now, if you're not at that level, you better get you a bit and keep it moving. Okay, that's just something I like to do. And, and it's okay at the level I live at. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> But I can afford it, okay? But you got you to gotta mess yourself and stop trying to live out like somebody else. I never know who the Joneses were, but keeping up with the Joneses, you understand that term? Stop trying to keep up with some other people that ride. Listen, you can't beat them. You don't even know what it takes. I mean, people, I mean, I was, listen, you don't know what it takes for me to live like I live. <laughs> you talking about bills? 
bruh, for real, for real. You, you know, financial, financial, um, real financial investment involves risk. And you have to have something that's isolated as your fallback reserve so that you can have something for risk for to get the upside. But you got to balance that portfolio out. I'm just saying. But that's a stewardship mentality. People think because I got it, I can spend it. No, 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 no. See, you're not thinking right. You're not thinking like a steward. Not only is there spiritual, physical and financial resources, there's also relational resources. Listen, as a pastor, when I look in the room, I recognize that inside of each one of you, God has placed a spiritual treasure in an earthen vessel. That's the way the Apostle Paul talked about it. He describes the spirit inside of you as that, 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 um, what's the word? That priceless thing. I can't put a value. He says, what would you give for a soul? What would you exchange for a soul? Your soul is priceless. So my relationship with you is something I consider a relational resource. And so I spend my time making sure that I'm prepared every time I stand up on you to enhance you based on the relationship you have with me. And if I don't have nothing good to say that's going to take you for it, I ain't ready to preach. Hold it. But I think that about the people that I work that I work with at work. I'm not responsible for them spiritually, but I, I spent I am responsible for a significant part of their economic career. I don't consider them just as expendable people that can be hired and fired at whim and at will. I can. And there's times when I have to. And I'm not afraid to do the job that I'm assigned to do. But that's not something that I take easy or willy-nilly. Listen, listen, these are people's lives and livelihoods. This is a big deal, man. This is, this is, this is, this is the big game. I have relationship resources. Hold it. You married a woman. Most of you brothers in here are married. You have a relational resource there. The scripture says, who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. Is trying to assign a relational value to the person so that you understand that your stewardship over her life is something that must be managed, monitored, and hopefully multiplied. And hopefully she gets benefit under your leadership. But as I told you Sunday, if the blind lead the blind, both of y'all going into a ditch. So I want you to think about the resources you should. Here's your homework assignment. I want you to start a catalog of all the resources, categories that you have in your life. Think about your financial resources and physical assets. 
Think about your health. Think about your home. Think about your car. Think about relationship resources. Think about your mental resources, the things you know how to do, the things that you have that are skills that you can turn into money. Think about your spiritual resources. The scripture says a good name is worth more than gold. So, so good credit or credit worthiness, not, not just, not just uh, what your FICO score says, but people that have trust and confidence in you. Even companies try to put a financial number on what they call goodwill. They recognize a good brand name. Listen, Apple put their name and they just stick an eye in front of it. And a bunch of y'all jumping up in a line, standing out in some store trying to get it. And their company is worth trillions of dollars because people place value on the name. What I'm telling you is, is that your name, you should have a sense of relationship resources that are there. All right, let's go into the next slide. I'm going to move slow on this one because I need y'all to get this one. So if we don't get all the way there, y'all be fine with what we get to today. All right. So on, on um, Sunday, Bishop Granham had, uh, gave us a handout um, when he was here. Um, and so I just want to read this, one of the statements there. It says that the commitment towards being a steward of God is not a feeling or an urgency that most people grow up with. It consists more of a functional decision that needs to be made on a daily basis. It is not a task or a commission that one has to work towards, but instead it is a personal commitment and choice that is validated and renewed on an ongoing basis. I have to decide every day if I'm going to be a good steward or if I'm going to just let my body go. Now, if I make wrong decisions when I'm young, because I can, you know, I can, I can eat a bunch of stuff when I'm young and my body won't show it. When I get old, it's going to tell off on me. <laughs> yeah, I can do some damage. I like the way my, my friend, Dr. Foster said, uh, if you were diabetic and they cut off your foot the first time you ate a Snickers bar, you probably wouldn't eat it. If it happened the first time you did it, less people would do it. But what happens is eventually there's a, an accumulative, accumulative or an accumulated effect of daily stewardship decisions. And then those at a certain level become irreversible without some supernatural divine intervention from God. So what I'm challenging you is that every day I want you to wake up saying I'm God's steward. So let's, I, gave you, I gave you some leadership definitions on Sunday. We talked about the deacon and about the bishop and the apostle. We, we gave you certain definitions about governments and rule. Here's a leadership definition of a steward. Let's look at it. A steward is the word, is the Greek word oikinamos. Oikos is house and namos means to distribute. So they use, they said that a steward is literally a house distributor. That is a manager 
or an overseer that an employee that is in that capacity, a fiscal agent, a fiscal agent, fiscal agent means a person assigned to manage something of financial value. Right. Are you fiscally responsible? What you hate is you put people in financial trust that are untrustworthy. Right. Don't you hate it when you see a governmental person who has all the privilege in the world step outside of the privilege that is given to the assignment and then want to take money under the table to do stuff that they can do, not for not for the community benefit, but for their personal benefit. They're fiscally irresponsible. All right. A Chamberlain, a Chamberlain. Go put the list back up. A Chamberlain. No, not Wilt Chamberlain. Okay, a Chamberlain, a governor or a steward. So let's go on um, to the next one. So look at the word. um, Go go back. Is there some slides between there? One more back. Is there one more back? Okay. Now, here's the thing that I want to talk to you about. The word oikinamos comes from the word oikonomia, where we get the word, the English word economy. What does an economy deal with? The, the, the efficient distribution of goods and services and the wealth that's generated or comes from them, the efficient management of goods and services in a society for the benefit of the whole society. So when you're thinking about stewardship, think about what God has given you and are you, are you efficiently and effectively using it? Right. Um, What's the best use? You ever heard the term that um, if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. Ever heard that before that sometimes you can do something with the tool, but that's not the most efficient and effective use of a tool. All right. I, I can I can drive a screw with a hammer, but that's not the best way to use it. <laughs> okay, sometimes we make financial decisions that are the equivalent of that. I had to make some decisions on what I was going to do here for this conference. I have a, you know, um, I reached out, to, and this is just an example, reached out to um, our drummer, our nephew, and, um, you know, I said, hey, man, um, love to have you come back for the conference. Yeah, yep, yep. No, I can't, I can't know for sure now because um, hopefully we go into the playoffs. They didn't. See, you was hating. You was hating on the Wolverines, but we going and you sitting at home. I'm just saying. All right. But anyway, after, after um, – they went through the game. Then he called me and said, no, nah, man, that's not a good use of money. I said, I can't, I can't spend the church money to bring you now. I said, that's going to cost too much. You waited too late. That's not good use of the people's money that they sold in our tithes and offerings. I have to make, I have to weigh decisions like that. And you do too. Just because you can afford it doesn't mean you can really afford to do it. Okay. 
A steward has to think about the effects, the efficient and effective use of goods and services for the benefit of, 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 of humanity that's under that stewardship. All right. All right. Let's go on to the the word is oikinamos. Let's go on to the, the next definition. Oikos is the word home, household or temple, the family dwelling. Namos means to parcel out, especially food or grazing animals or law through prescriptive usage or regulation or principle. In other words, uh, Moses parceled out the Ten Commandments so that the people would know how to serve God. That's one of the things that I'm responsible is for the house of God. I'm supposed to give you the word of God. I'm supposed to parcel out spiritual resources from the word of God to help you be more effective in your personal life and in your service to God. So that if you do the things that I parceled out to you, when you stand before Jesus, you're going to hear two words. Well done. All right. The word the word then the two together then means that a house that a steward is a house distributor or manager an overseer, an employee that is used in that capacity, a fiscal agent and figuratively a preacher. It's a chamberlain. All right, let's go on to the next slide. A chamberlain, an official charged with management of a sovereign's or noble's living quarters. A chamberlain is a term that a, a king would have a chamberlain. That's the term that you, you're responsible for the king's private quarters. A governor. The person charged with direction or control of an institution, society, etc. A ruler or chief magistrate appointed to govern a province, a town, a fort, or the like. Stewardship then is a person, a steward is a person who manages another's property or financial affairs or who administers anything as the agent of another or others. Think of yourself that the resources that you have, God gave them to you. And one day you're going to stand in front of them. Listen, if you are, you don't give people stewardship and then don't give them something to live off on. But what you give them to live up on is not the stuff that they're managing. GM pays me a very good salary to handle more money than it's for me. I make tens and hundreds of million dollars worth of decisions. And for that, I get hundreds of thousands of dollars. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm very happy. I'm mad at nobody. Okay. But if I get those two confused, thinking that the money that I manage is for me to personally use, I'm going to be in trouble. And if it gets too bad, they will carry me out in handcuffs. Okay, does that make sense? All right, because I want you to think that God has given you some resources to manage. Working definition. Stewardship involves the responsibility of managing all that God has given to you to be used to fulfill the purposes of Christ and to allow you to fulfill your personal destiny in the kingdom of God. All right. So. I must acknowledge and understand the resources, somehow be able to identify and catalog those resources, and then learn 
to be resourceful with those resources. How I handle those resources already given to me determines whether or not God will give me more resources. God gave Adam a garden and gave him specific responsibility special for one tree. He mismanaged that one tree and lost access to the whole garden. I just want you to understand, as much as you believe that God, that in the grace of God, I want you to believe in the grading of God too. God grades you on your stewardship. All right? So four key principles here that I want to share with you today, and then we'll go to two, two scriptures here and we'll be done. Not a lot of scriptures, but I'm praying that you're getting blessed by this. This is good. Amen. Four key principles. Number one, God has appointed all humanity, but especially Christians to be his stewards on the earth. Like, like stewardship isn't just something you should learn when you get to church. That is an assignment that God gives all humanity. So it matters how we pollute the earth because, listen, there's not only Christians in the earth. We need, we need everybody to help with stewardship of the planet if we want our grandchildren to have a good planet to live on. I'm just saying. Right? Number two, stewardship is not an option. The Apostle Paul points, this about, points out about his own call. Right? Stewardship is not an option. It's something that God, like, um, you, can't, you can't say, God, um, like, like, for me, there's a lot of ministers, God says, I'm calling you to preach. And then people say, I don't want to preach. I want to give the call back to you. God has called you to be steward. You can't give it back to him. He's not going to change his mind. And when he sees you and when you look at him eye to eye and face to face, he's going to ask you about everything he gave you. The Lord told me when, when I, um, we believe God, God gave us an amazing house and it was supernatural. He did some things for us. But he told me, listen here, David, I'm going to grade you on how you've taken care of that house. So when stuff gets in disrepair, like, I get agitated. <laughs> when stuff's not working, and I feel like people, because see, I understand God's going to ask me. He ain't asking Nedra first. So, listen, like, She'd she be like, calm down. I'm like, no, I ain't calming down. I'm not, it's not a calm down issue for me. Because I believe one day God's going to say, what did you do? How, how did you take care of it? Adam lost it all because he didn't take care of what God gave him. So stewardship for me is a big deal. And I know I can't opt out of it. All right? Number three, being a steward is a necessary part of participating in fulfilling kingdom purposes, taking good care of whatever God has given you. That's why I want to distinguish like, like taking care of your body, taking care of your car, taking care of your house. 
taking care of your bills, taking care of relationships, investing in relationship. Don't just talk to your kids any old kind of way. God is giving you stewardship over them so that they'll be prepared for the future. Listen, um, you are today, by how you talk to your children, you are affecting them when you are off the planet. I was uh, listening to two senior leaders talk and they were talking about um, a minister, senior pastor of a church. And then they were talking about like how the stewardship of that ministry declined under that pastor's leadership or stewardship, right? Church went down, made a bunch of bad deals. And then the one senior leadership said, that didn't start with that leader, that started with the leader's father who gave him the pastorate of the church. And because the father pulled down and tore down the son, even when the, the father is dead and in the grave, the son has a mentality that is destroying things because, and that destruction didn't start with the son. It started with the father. That's why men don't pull down your own boys. There's enough in the world that's going to try to tear them down. They won't be prepared to face the world and they will always live with your voice in their head telling them that they will never be good enough and it will destroy their stewardship because you destroyed it from a relationship perspective when you should have built them up, you pulled them down. Stewardship is a necessary part, part of participating in fulfilling kingdom purposes, even beyond your lifetime. That's why I try to spend time with young people. I know they can't, they can't do a bunch of stuff now. It's all right. If I spend time with them now, I'm making, my, I'm making my shot for the future by investing in them today. Tomorrow is waiting to see what you say and do today. And then finally, the product of stewardship has the potential of bringing blessing to others who are touched by it. People came in our house and saw what we do and how we've been able to do what we do. And it's not perfect. It's not perfect, but listen, we had a lot of powerful, people were really blessed when they came here and, and, and participated in our leadership conference. What we've done is a blessing to others. And when you are a good steward, you have resources That'll be necessary to be a blessing to others. And people, your example itself will benefit others. Be a good steward. All right. Two scriptures, Psalm 24, 1. Key thought here is everything belongs to God. Psalm 
Psalm 24.1, everything belongs to God. Let me get that scripture for you. Hallelujah. Psalm 24.1 says, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. See, Lord is a title. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all those that dwell therein. So God is the owner. He's given you some portion of his earth to steward over and is going to hold you accountable to it. Look at Genesis 1, 26 through 30. Genesis 1, 26 through 30. Hallelujah. All right. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to his likeness. Let them have dominion over these resources. I'm going to give them stewardship over resource, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over every all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That includes the creep, the devil. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply for the earth to do it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God says, see, I've given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you. It shall be for food. Also to every beast of the, of the earth, to every bird of the air, to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food and it was so. All right. So the key relationship we want to identify is, that there is a steward and there is an owner, that God has given me something, he's the owner, I'm the steward, and I'm going to account for it. Praise the Lord. Have you been blessed by this today?